Hannibal in ketosis, the cardio killer. What's going on, brother? It is I. It is I, the keto mancer. That's dope. Dude, we got fucking. Dude. We had like a our washing machine, like had a leak and shot a bunch of water all over the place. And now we got these fucking dryer units in here that have been going for like three days now. And it's, it sounds like somebody's got a fucking vacuum cleaner on it and it's all the time. We can't turn it off. It's crazy. That's exactly what a uh, cannibalistic psychopath would say. It's what it's pushing me to man. Bottles, bodies. So it is like some kind of psyop. It's like some kind of like uh, psychological warfare. It's, it's, driving me towards eating the flesh of another <laughs> well i appreciate you wearing the death comes lifting shirt while you do that so. my favorite shirt man this is like this is the most comfortable shirt that i own thank you and for those listening that's the long sleeve high priest of liftcraft and we need to get more of those that we, we really do these yeah. are dope my, my wife wants one too i want to i want to i want to get her one that's good to know okay i'm going to reprint those because i'm always looking for things to reprint and, uh, Especially when when uh, long sleeve weather comes back. Yeah, I, don't know, I feel like people want to be rebels. It's true. You know, there's that too. Yeah, I like to stay ahead of the curve. But anyway, dude, I'm fucking so stoked for today. It's gonna be awesome. We got some good gentlemen who are coming to join us, man. Yeah, dude, they seem great. You know, you seem to have had more conversation with them than I have had. So, give me some. Give me some background. All right. What, what your relationship is to the Desert Wasteland Productions boys? Me and Sean. So our guests tonight are uh, are Sean Benson and Derek Price, people out there in TV land, and they run a record label called uh, Desert Wastelands Productions. Um, they're also in a band together. We're going to find out how to pronounce that pretty soon here. I, I don't know if it's Boethia or Boethia. We're going to find out. Um, but I have never actually really talked to Derek that much, but I've talked to Sean a bunch. We uh, hit it off with our love of Fear Factory, actually. Um, and we've talked a little bit about his his band, um, their their last EP, uh, I believe it's called Celestial Gateways. I, I checked out back in like December. It had been out for a while, but checked it out really enjoyed it started looking through some of their older stuff and it's all fucking dope and then sean plays guitar and also has laid down some solos on a couple of songs from our buddies in fluids that's so cool yeah yeah i know you're a huge fluids fan i mean i am as well oh yes um that pre-order where we should talk to them about that tape they have they just made available for the oh yeah we should we will yeah that's i'm so stoked to get that going to get them to pimp all their wares while they're on here tonight yeah definitely but no, they um they really man they they came on strong dude they came on to like the my radar my scene like from out of nowhere and like as soon as i saw it i was like dude this is the shit they did that um that flesh rot um yeah. path to war uh rape rape uh them uh pain giver that pain giver tape is fucking awesome i i don't have the actual tape yet but uh man i absolutely love the music um they've got uh steady stuff coming out through the rest of the year and i think they they've also like licensed some some classic stuff and reissued it they put out that that desecration tape yeah Uh, i i think that yeah that was last year 
Um, and that was something that I was had already been familiar with. And when I saw that it was being repressed, I was like, I haven't heard this shit in a long time. And yeah, that's going to be interesting to hear what that process is like for them. Yeah, who they had to run down. Yeah. <laughs> what doors they had to knock on to get permission to do that. Right. Like what that process is like. I'm, I'm interested myself, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. We're going to be putting out those casket slime cassettes soon. Yeah. Did I tell you that? They, they, I bought uh, I bought like 30 cassettes from them and I'm going to sell them on Death Comes Lifting. Oh, dude, that's badass. I know yeah. that you were looking at shirt designs, but I didn't know if you were... Uh, yeah, I think we're going to package it as that. Yeah. <coughs> T-shirts and demo tapes. I actually uh, bought a, a copy of their cassette myself, so I'm ahead of the curve. Good, man. Cool. It's great. They're they're they couldn't be cooler. It is. It's. I like the music a lot. I really like sort of the tongue in cheek horror aspect and a lot of the just music wise is this, this chaotic kind of going off the rails old school death metal and I love that shit. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. So how's uh how and just tell me to shut up whenever they're on the line. Oh, uh, uh, I was gonna say I just sent it to him a minute ago, so I was just checking. How's uh how's work going? What's what's it like being back in the land of the living? Mm, it's kind of strange. Yeah, I think, I think everybody kind of agrees that it's kind of strange. Um, unfortunately, I think the whole mask debacle has turned into like way more of a uh, political or social stance than it needed to be. And yeah. the gym that I work at is not requiring masks, so like I don't have to wear them. And yeah, people don't because it's like a small gym, which is cool. I mean, yeah. I respect the decision. I don't really give a fuck. But um, oh, it's that's just. I think a lot of people didn't come back because of that. Yeah, it, like it's a weird move. And there's that everywhere, and it's yeah. just, it's a weird thing. I uh, we've definitely seen a lot of. It's it's interesting to see like the mask thing getting super politicized. Yeah, it's uh, actually, I'm like, don't understand, but whatever. Yeah, well, it's like, it's becoming like a sign of rebellion or whatever. And, I, you know, down here in South Carolina, where we've got cases just like spiking to record numbers every couple of days, you see the new numbers come out of diagnoses and it's it's higher than it's ever been. You're like, oh, man. there's your, uh, there's your political statement, guys. Enjoy the hospital. Yeah, that blows. Sorry. Yeah. This is different. We got a, this is a, a nighttime vibe that we've got going on now. We don't usually do this. I know. I feel good. I had like an extra cup of coffee today just to make sure that I was going to be up late enough at 8.32 p.m. That's right. I, I ate a fucking a massive breakfast casserole to prepare me for this. Dude, that looked good as fuck. Take me through what, what in, that was for the keto right. fans out there. All right. So, yeah, if, you're, if, if you want a good keto casserole recipe, all right, Three grams of net carbs in this whole thing's breakfast casserole. You take your seven eggs, all right? Scramble those motherfuckers with one tablespoon of heavy cream. Scramble them up. Mm-hmm. Pour that into a, a casserole dish with one pound of sausage that you've already browned. I like Nisi sausage. It's the kind that we have here in the Carolinas. That shit is awesome. Mix all that stuff together, and then you want to take about five ounces of Cacique, Cacique brand cheeses makes these really low carb, you know, cheese is naturally low carb anyway, but there's some stuff that's got sugar added. They got no sugar added to this stuff. Uh, take about five ounces of the Cacique Ranchera, five ounces of the Cacique Cotija, and then you crumble all that shit up, put it in there with your eggs and your sausage, and then you want to do a layer of bacon bits across the top, all right? Oh, 
pop that motherfucker in the oven at 375 for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, you pull it out. And then you take 10 ounces of Oaxaca cheese, also made by Cacique brand. You shred that shit, lay it on top, put it back in the oven for about 10 more minutes until everything melts and get all gooey. And then you put yourself some nice Mexican seasoning on top of that shit, and you're good to go. You can fight an entire army after you eat this casserole. You can punch a horse in the face and knock it down after you eat this casserole. And best of all, you'd be just like me. And yeah, you could be fueled up to do a podcast with some uh, conspiracy theory death metal experts. That's just brain right. food and brain. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Very exciting stuff. I um. So in addition to to being the cardio killer at the Death Comes Lifting website and on this uh, this fantastic podcast that we have here, I also have a death metal specialty show on a radio station here in Columbia, South Carolina, WUSC FM. It is the University of South Carolina radio station, and uh, the university has been closed like a lot of other campuses since March due to the COVID nineteen. Uh, pandemic and they have announced that at the end of this month they are going to start staggering um, the reopening of campus so like certain groups are allowed to come back one of those groups is the extracurricular group and the that runs the radio station so like the WUSC executive staff of which I am a part I also run the blog for the webs uh, for the radio station oh yeah and we we have uh we have weird hours that they're letting us come back. So typically in the summer, because there's so few DJs, if you do a summer show, you got a three hour slot. And that's fine for me because I can play fucking a hundred hours of death metal in a row and, and still not run out. But uh, this time they've sort of bumped it down because we are limited to being in the studio only Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from noon to 4 p.m. Eastern. So I guess that's just one of their ways of like, mediating the amount of people who are coming back and when they're going to be there or whatever. So my show, which typically runs from 10 PM to midnight on Saturday night is now going to run from 2 PM to 4 PM on Wednesday afternoon. So, so tune in. I, yeah. Tune in. And especially like the people in the Columbia area who are like working at banks and like painting houses and shit, just trying like to get their afternoon. They're about to have a rough fucking day, man. Oh yeah, man. Good. They deserve it. They think it's going to be like indie rock. It's going to be something chill, but then no, it's going to be hammered to a face up in this motherfucker. Well, I'm happy for you. You're the best at that. Thank I'm you, man. Forward to it. You're you're a talented dude. I'm excited. We are going to admit the boys right now. You Bring them in. Ready. They open in the gates. Close encounters. Dead kind. Their boys are coming in. They're connecting to audio. There's the boy. How's going? Hey. hey. So I mentioned it mentioned it earlier before you guys got on the call, but we'll go ahead and introduce you again today from Desert Wastelands Productions, uh, kick-ass, uh, lo-fi death metal uh, label, doing a lot of cassettes and a bunch of other cool shit like that from out there in the actual Desert Wastelands in New Mexico and then like somewhere in California. We got the boys from <laughs> Productions. Mr. Sean Benson, say hello. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. For sure. And Mr. Derek, not Benson Price. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? 
Derek, what's up, bro? Good to what's have up, you man? here, man. This is uh, – I don't know if you all have met Zach yet, but this is Zach with uh, Death Comes Lifting. Dude, this is our first in the flesh meeting, so. Absolutely, dude. It is an honor. We're so, we're this, so, we've been looking forward to this for a long time, man. So. Yeah, yeah. When we when we first started deciding we were going to get people on the podcast, you guys came up like almost immediately. We were like, we got to get these motherfuckers on. <laughs> I got to awesome. know the secret of the pyramids. I got to know how to get my oh, man. I got <laughs> to get my lats out of control, and I got to hear some. some <laughs> oh man, it's quite a, it's quite a lot. A uh, lot to talk about just with those three topics. So, do what you yeah. can. We'll, we'll get to what we can. <laughs> yeah, strap in. <laughs> We're not afraid. So, <laughs> oh man, how's your guys' Friday going so far, though? Oh man, all good. We're on, we're on the East Coast, man. Our Friday's almost over. Yeah, it's, it's late. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's like, go to bed. It was, oh, we got man. three hours of sunlight over here. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, two and a half. Yeah, it's still got a little bit out there, but it's not too much. You're in the dark. You're like Morpheus right now. Like you're like, <laughs> like I'm like I'm like everywhere. You guys have no idea. Twenty four hour gig, man. I never stop. I'm fucking killing, killing, red killing. I hate that. I don't want to use that. I don't want to say that that way. Like I'll teach people kung fu. There we go. Kind of walk us through a little bit, you guys' history. Obviously, you're not fucking related, which is my bust. I, <laughs> I was under the impression that y'all were like fucking literal, like blood brothers, but no, you were some oh, no. brothers in the oh. hell yes sense. So tell us a little bit about y'all's history together, about making music together, and then a little bit about how the label got its start. All right. Uh, you, you want to take the first half, Sean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll um, take the so, part. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I've known Derek for like, let's see, maybe like I'm like I'm like looking at my clock, like I don't know what year it is. <laughs> no, for like eight or nine years, about I'd say, right, Derek, since like yeah, around yeah, there. about about yeah, around eight years. And uh, I met Derek through our friend Brian, and Brian he used to play. He was the original actual drummer for Boeikia, not the drum machine. He was the actual drummer. <laughs> yeah. And um, Derek, I I was already I had joined the Navy. And Brian was telling me, hey, my friend Derek, you know, that plays in Boethi, plays bass. He's just graduated high school. Derek's a year younger than me. He wants to join the Navy. Could you talk to him? So I, Derek added me on Facebook, and we started talking. And then he actually joined the Navy about a year after me. So that's how, that's how I became friends with Derek, just talking. I didn't convince him to join. I didn't, I didn't pay him to join. I didn't get paid to tell him to join. It was just the choice, you know. He we were both young kids. We needed to get out of where we were, and that was the best way for us to do it, to get our education paid for. And, you know, we got to travel. We got to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, that's how we met. And maybe about a year or two before I was getting out of the Navy, I'd already been talking to Derek a lot because I was in five years. Derek did six. He was like, I want to start Boethia again. I want to be able to do stuff. And I was like, okay, well, I got some riffs. And I was like, why don't we just start writing stuff? And it just became the two of us sending stuff back and forth. And that's how we created, you know, reinvented Boiki, I guess, because it's kind of a different entity from what it was originally. Exactly. I think, I think yeah. what Derek and I were doing is more along the lines of what he wanted to do. And we both had, like, a similar vision. And it's basically how Boiki came about. And then we released the album. And then we released the EP with the label. Great guy that runs the label. And 
I don't have anything, you know, bad to say about him, but I, I just felt that with the way that we were able to DIY our own thing, that we might as well make our own label. And we'd already thrown around the term desert wastelands because, you know, we like to go on desert shooting and everything. Yeah. And when we did the album, I was like, well, we need something to put on it because we DIY'd it. And I don't know how it came about, but it was like desert wastelands, desert wastelands productions. Like we're, we're thinking about like rap songs, like where the DJ like shouts out like, you know, whatever in the beginning of the song, like mustard on the beat, you know, and stuff like that. So it was just kind of, yeah, just desert wastelands productions. We're like, yeah, that sounds funny. Let's do it. <laughs> and um, we just, I, I told my friend Eric that, and Eric put together that Tuscan Raider logo. I was like, perfect. The original. Then, yeah, the original logo. And then once we, once we made it like a legit label, I was like, all right, I don't want to get sued by Disney now, LucasArts. <laughs> You know, we got the label and that's pretty much how it started. It was just, we wanted to DIY our own thing. And I felt that if we made our own label, we could grow it and we could get other bands on board with us and treat them the way that, you know, we wanted to be treated and just do legit business, no contracts, no BS, just let's release music, you know, and make it fair. Now, so that's pretty much it. For everybody, for everybody listening at home, um, you, you mentioned Boethia, you mentioned the album and the EP. Give us some, some titles real quick so people can run this shit down if they want to. If you're listening out there, you better run this shit down. <laughs> Derek. So for the Derek. album, what was the name of it? <laughs> Invocation of the Xenolith. There we go. There we go. And then uh, for our EP was a Celestial Gateway. Yeah. Uh, you guys could find it pretty much anywhere. A simple Google search with either one of those titles will bring you YouTube, probably SoundCloud, some uh, Russian torrent sites through VK, all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly Russian torrent sites. Yeah, so exactly. I don't. I had to Google. <laughs> I had to Google Xenolith when I when I first heard it. I was like, I gotta know. I gotta know what this is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, maybe where the pyramids came from here in a little bit. I got to get some inside information from you boys. Oh, man. Uh, but for now, yeah. Okay, cool. I want to make sure everybody knew what page we were on with your band because it's yeah. enjoyable shit. It's legitimate. You guys are working on new shit right now, yeah? Yeah. yeah. We, got, we got two demo tracks. We're working on stuff. We got a few things, you know, put together. So you might hear a two-song promo soon, maybe. Sure. Perhaps. Nah. So, Perhaps. <laughs> they say. Sweet, man. Well, yeah, we're looking so. forward to it very much, dude. Thank you. We're, we're excited to finally put it out again and get some new yeah. stuff out. I think it's a, think it's a big, not a leap, I think it's a good, tra uh, good evolution for what we're doing. And I, I think agree, it will surprise yeah. some people. So definitely, I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, we're both excited to put it out. So. Cool, cool. So what's uh so now, Derek? You're gonna bring us up on the label. Is that part two? Yes. All right, man. Hit yes. With that. And uh, I'll well go ahead, and then I've got some other questions about this because the the small label thing is very interesting to me specifically in the digital age. But uh, go ahead and lay it down for us, man. Right. Okay. So like Sean was saying, you know, we messed around with the ideas, and he essentially started Desert Wastelands as his own production slash you know essentially production thing he was doing and it uh we talked about expanding it to a distro at the time i was nearing uh i had less than a year on my contract in the navy i was in stationed in guam and 
I was just really adamant about starting it. So I was like, Sean, let's start it. Let's start it all the time. And he's like, oh, let's wait till you get back. It'll be easier. And then finally, I just messaged him one day and through a mutual friend that I met Matt uh, from Dark Descent Records in person, uh, he put me in contact with him. And behind the scenes, I just worked out some distro stuff. And then I just messaged Sean and said, hey, um, by the way, I just spent three hundred four hundred dollars getting a distro and it was, was pretty like, you much dick <laughs> yeah it was pretty much well uh, it's starting now and then from uh starting as a distro we within a month or two quickly expanded to a label uh making it a label and distro and that solid um, now when you know? was this like 20 late Late twenty eighteen. Yeah, like right after we released the EP, basically. Right. I mean, you guys came on the scene. I mean, we were uh, talking before the podcast. Like, you hit my radar like super out of nowhere, but like super strong. I feel like and super quick, man. Like as soon as I noticed you, I was like, they fucking have something. Like whatever it is, you guys definitely got it. Like at least for me. I mean, I was hooked in. So thanks, man. What? is up with that was that planned was it were you, was that just like i think three together well i think that derek and i like you know because we essentially we self-released the eat the, the album we did everything for the ep besides release it i basically i learned how to record and mix and master along the way and it was the most ridiculous process because derek and i weren't living in California together at the time. I'd already moved out. I was out, was out of the Navy. I was living in New Mexico at this time already. So we were already like doing stuff through the internet, sending each other songs that we write, recording tracks like remotely and everything. So, I mean, we were already social distancing before it was cool in 2020, you know what I mean? But 6,000 miles. <laughs> but due to having to do everything or due to having to, oh man, because we had to do everything ourselves, should I say, we got really good at just like, networking and connecting with people and i think that because derek and i you know maybe i don't know just because of the, the military experience really we're used to like having to talk to people in a certain way and be professional so to say you know like it's it definitely helped us in our lives and made us more disciplined so when we like talk to people i guess like they took us more seriously they're like hey these guys are like young kids they're new but like they don't talk to us like like young punk kids it's not like paint like under the table stuff so we just made a network of people through boethia and through contacts contacting um review sites bloggers zines labels that like rejected us that didn't like want us or you know like just they knew who we were already basically so when we started it i think people were curious and i don't we just like without mercy and like letting like like letting up at all like we just would post constantly we would follow people we would comment on their stuff we'd interact with everyone and like with genuine interest we wouldn't do this follow on follow crap that you know like russian bot pages do and stuff like that you know what i mean but Dude. just the fact that i think that people saw that we i don't know we're just working hard and just doing it like just diying stuff like i think that kind of just pulled them in and like we just talked to people I, I, that's pretty much how it came about you know and I, I knew i liked you for a reason because that literally is exactly what i did 
<laughs> and continue to do so like i knew I, you had that just vibe about you i could tell like these these are some real motherfuckers and then when we started talking you know i was like i was like this guy does a lot like i gotta like this guy runs like a full like he has merch he likes lifting i was like and i was telling derek i was because one day i was joking with derek like it was right before we did our powerlifting meet. i was like i'm gonna make a dwp speedo to wear at my meet i don't care if i have to wear a singlet and then I, I saw Death comes lifting. I was like, I got to ask this guy to, like, where he makes stuff. Does he make straps? I was like, what does he do? Like, you know, and I saw your album music and everything, obviously, with the name. Sure. And I, I noticed the same thing with you. Is like you were also DIYing everything. You were networking. Oh, and, yeah. like, just, you know, like, just dudes doing stuff for themselves and just, you know, doing it because they like to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's what it's all about. You know, I just love music and Derek, too. I'm, all of us, yeah, that's why we're here. You know, so yeah, that's the that's the spirit to keep because people will see you do it for the right reasons, and then you have a group of very loyal, cool followers, and maybe smaller, but like it beats having a bunch of bots or like people that don't give a exactly, yeah, and yeah. So I can tell you guys are uh, definitely going to keep that spirit alive in your future releases and all that shit. So I want to talk more to you about about that, man. Like what uh what's going on? What's on the uh, horizon for you guys? Uh well. You wanna you wanna tell them, Derek, about the the next two? You might have seen one already. Can you tell us, or is it a secret? I mean, we haven't officially announced it. Do you wanna you wanna say, Derek? I mean, it's not. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and take this one since uh, you've been yeah. interacting <laughs> with everyone more. I kind of <laughs> yeah yeah like I you know lately. I, Derek knows everything that goes on with the label. Sometimes we'll just find a band like Derek. Just listen to this. I know you're gonna like it. So check it out. And he listens to it. He's like, yes, let's do this. So yeah. um, obviously the, the, the next new thing you saw that we announced was the Astrifris yeah. um, EP that we're doing with Masaku Moho over in, in um, the UK. So they're doing the vinyl release. We're going to be doing the tape. Pulverized Records. I believe they're out of, I think they're out of Southeast Asia. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe Malay I think Malaysia. He, they're friends with our friend Nick Chong that runs the Crow Tree. So yeah, I think he's in Malaysia. Don't 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 quote me on that. He's doing the CD version of it. So we're we've all been like talking loosely with each other. It's, it kind of just happened. It, it was pushed back because obviously of everything that's going on. So Stripperist right. is next, and then we're still we're still doing it. We might we're gonna we're gonna do a four way split between some bands. I won't name them yet just because we're working through some things. But um, right. Just think of sci-fi death metal. Might give you a hint to who it is. And then the next full <laughs> release that we're doing, we'll we'll announce it in a few days. Is this this band from Argentina called Atores, and in Spanish means you know coffins. And all of their music's in Spanish, which I love because I like seeing bands like just singing so in their native the tongue. Yeah, you know, so, and and also like me being part Hispanic, like I've been needing to practice my Spanish more and everything. Yeah. And also just number one, the band's sick. They sound like Morbid Angel meets Immolation meets just like, just really mad. It's like Domination Formulas era Morbid Angel meets like Close to World Below era Immolation. It's like nice. super, super sick stuff. And yeah. um, they just, they self-released this album a, a week or two ago and hit us up after. I kind of wish we found them before. And really sick. He actually just sent me an email right now. I was looking at my computer. Uh, yeah, you know? right when we started, I saw it. Yeah. Too. So 
it's really good. That's what's coming up. So three releases, and then we're always on the lookout, and we're always doing distro stuff behind the scenes. Stuff just right. enters my house and leaves my house very quickly, you know. Constantly. So constantly, and Derek is at work just seeing all these emails. Like I, I just thought like just for distro, I'm like, all right, if Derek and I like it, like we're getting it, you know, within reason, and just, it just happens just because it's hard to be like Derek, read this email. Derek, read this email, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And. That's that's basically what's going on. We're 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 on the lookout. We're on the prowl. You know. So being on the lookout and being on the prowl, right? Um, are you guys at this point? Have you sort of elevated to where a lot of bands are seeking you out, or are you still out there like trawling through Bandcamp and shit, trying to find stuff that you like that you want to get behind? So, I you mind if I take this one, Sean? Yeah. So I, I think Sean can agree. Based on the number of emails we get every day, it's mainly people reaching out to us. Um, I've gotten real busy in my personal life as, well, not as much as, I mean, Sean has it has as well, but not as much as me, I think. But we're both busy, essentially. So we still prowl through Bandcamp, listen and everything, um, you know. But yeah, essentially, it's peop- um, mainly people reaching out to us. I'd say almost what a band a day sean would you agree yeah i'd say at least at least one to two bands a day sometimes sometimes more you know and it's starting to pick up more especially now i think as right. we grow so well, some of we, the, especially last year um some of the shit that i enjoyed most from last year and from earlier this year has has come from you guys label and one of the things that i think is surprising not necessarily surprising but is really cool and encouraging for me is how many of these bands are like super young um path to war flesh rot uh putrid tomb sepsis like all of these are really enjoyable releases that i put out and there is or that you guys have put out and and there is um specifically sort of a, a curated feel to it so what exactly are you guys looking for in a band when they reach out to you or when you find them other than just like this shit kicked ass you know what i mean if you had to sort of put a name on it if you had to sort of describe it like what would you be going for what is it you're trying to put out into the world right now in death metal i think uh, derek and i can definitely both answer that because we we look for different things but the same thing so to speak you know but um i'd say like other than yeah, this shit fucking rips, you know, which you can usually tell within the first minute or so. Yeah. I just I just I like seeing that a band just like just the presentation of it. Obviously I don't judge the music off of the artwork alone. A lot of people do though, and that's that's fine. I get it because when we're going through band camp, if I just see some you know, like doo doo art, like I kinda don't wanna listen to it. Uh there's been exceptions to that rule where right. a band has had terrible art and ter- like, you know, the, the kids will forgive me for saying this, but Putrid Tomb had absolutely like terrible art and a, <laughs> and, a, and a kind of a crappy drawn logo that they made. I know how it is. Derek and I did the same thing when right. we were younger and we had our old like bands, you know, but yeah. essentially I hooked, I, I messaged them. I said, I want to release this on the conditions that you let us buy you new art and a logo of your choice. <laughs> it just can't be this. And they're like, okay, yeah. obviously they jumped at the chance. So, yeah. you know, obviously present presentation, that, that comes after, I'll, I'll say. But um, just, we like stuff that kind of like breaks out of the norm a bit. Um, something, you know, obviously there's, there's a bit of a sound that's going around that people 
come to, and I love the sound. Derek likes the sound, but we want, I don't know, just something different. It's, it's hard to say, just because yeah. I don't think every single one of our releases could sound the same as the other one. Yeah. You know, some of these bands are so different. Throat Breach. Throat Breach, Derek found Throat Breach. Right. And I was surprised that Derek wanted to release Throat Breach. I was like, really? Like, I mean, this is cool. Like, are you down? Like, all right, let's do it, you know? So, yeah. and then Throat Breach doesn't sound anything like Sepsis. And then Wound Cage doesn't sound anything like any of the other bands. Like, so I, it's just kind of like whatever, just some, something, sometimes it has its charm, you know? Yeah. And just the work ethic and everything. And like, we're not a label out to make money. And I'm not, I'm not like, oh, this band has to tour this amount per year. And neither is Derek. Like, we just want cool music. And um, I'll, let Derek, I'll let Derek say what he looks for. Sometimes right. he'll be like, nah, I don't think this is good. I'll be like, okay, you know, it's up to you. Right. So um, uh, just to piggyback on what Sean was saying, yeah, we look for the sound. Uh, another thing, we like to try and uh, get to know the people as well. You know, one big thing that uh, we noticed, first of all, like we said earlier in the podcast is based on how we speak to people and how we present ourselves, essentially you could label it as, I wouldn't say customer service, but, uh, or it's just how you approach people. You know, sometimes we get DMS on Instagram, Facebook, or the emails, and it'll just be a band camp link, you know? And it's like, Oh, you, are, what are you, are you implying you want us to listen to it or, <laughs> you know, but a, like a uh, professor, man. exactly. Trash. Like, yeah. You know, uh, presentation goes a long way man you, you get a lot of people that send emails very it doesn't have to be professional you know but they say hey you know we're looking for this this and this could you check it out you know and you know just like he was saying with the art you know words can go a long way presentation on the artwork can go a long way so it's just many factors but they all fold in together and then that eventually forms our opinion and then if it, you know essentially if it's a you know, we listen to the music, it's good, we like it or not, you know, uh, based on our schedule, you know, there's been times where, you know, hey, we're booked up for months, could you guys, I think these guys would like, uh, you reach out to them and we'll put in the word for you guys and, you know, that's how it goes. Cool. Yeah, very cool. Sort of a whole 360 deal, I like that. Right. Yeah, Sometimes man. it's just the late night you know, just, you know, drinking the beer and just see something on YouTube. Let me see if these guys have a band. Yeah. Product, product placement. Product you know, just, placement. Just like that. But I'll, I'll let you go on. I feel like we touched on that pretty good. <laughs> just got dumb things to say now for, my, for myself. Oh, man. Let's not, like, let's just, you know, it's question and answer and everything. But we're just <laughs> good. I mean, speaking of the, the email, the email thing and how bands come, come to us and everything, like, I do listen to, I try to listen to everything that comes to us. Right. Obviously, if there's no email title, no greeting, it's just a link, especially if it's just some random zip file. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to open yeah, this. I'm not know? downloading that. Or if it's like, or I kid you not, I've got, Der yeah, ask Derek, like, if the email comes from like asslicker69 at, at balls.com, <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, I'm not even, no, I'm not listening <laughs> to this, you know? Like, you know, or just... <laughs> You don't ask liquor's got riffs. You don't want to get. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, you know. So you didn't get my demo then. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I didn't. I didn't like, we can talk after about that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. just just so everyone knows, we 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 get 
so many DMs and emails that we try and respond and reply or at least listen to everything that's sent our way. But sometimes our email just gets sure. just crowded and we lose it in the sauce. So, yeah. you know, if anyone's out there, they sent stuff, we didn't get back to them. No hard feelings, you know? Yeah. It's all it probably sucked, man. Fuck <laughs> 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 you guys. There's a reason. Let's uh, let's go back. So you know, you guys as a record label are definitely putting out a lot of good shit right now. You guys are on a lot of radars. I think you know nationally and internationally regarding other labels and distros that you work with, and sort of uh, other other um, you know bigger labels that might be looking to sort of reap some of your smaller bands who have gone on to do really well with you guys and then maybe do something else like path to war doing the uh the promo tape for whatever comes next for them right yeah let's, yeah. Talk, let's talk more about y'all uh in the musician department uh let's talk a little bit about influences man what got you guys into playing music what look derek do the first one <laughs> <laughs> uh, what got me started in the music was i don't know just essentially being an angry teenager oh, yeah. in the world, looking at something and then just looking for music that matched that aggression. And then it just went from there. What bands matched that aggression? Well, I think it was a, it started with aggression. Um, at the time I had a, <laughs> I was real big and I still love them to this day. Uh, municipal waste. It was just that whole uh, getting out there and fucking shit up vibe that had me hooked. And <laughs> yeah. I was just all about that. And then as I became a musician, it just gradually increased um, in terms of aggressiveness. And then essentially more along the lines of music theory and uh, uh, elements of that involved that that I would listen for in music, such as... Uh, a few to uh, few to name every stage of uh, immolation. Love every single album. Same. Um, uh, probably middle era um, dismember and entomb. Those are a few other ones because they tended to become more melodic and but just stuff like that, you know. And then picked up a bit from Sean, and it went from there. What what bit did he pick up, man? Uh, Sean, tell us about it. Well, like, what I'm trying to think how we even, like, with Boethia, because Boethia was essentially, like, we'd always been listening to, to death metal. Like, since I've known Derek, like, we'd always been listening to Entomb. Before I was, before I was in Boethia, they covered Nihilist. Uh, I'm trying to remember what song you guys covered. Um, oh. Freaking, damn it, what the hell is it called? Sentence it's to the, Death. Sentence yeah. to Death. The we had a, we had some friends back there. They were super into old school death metal, black metal. Like these dudes were all listening to like Beherit and stuff. And I'd heard that stuff before, but because of them, I started getting into like more obscure stuff. Derek really likes a lot of black metal, you know. Derek likes like Behexen, and he likes freaking Belphegor, like early Belphegor and stuff like that. So like, you all know, stages just, of Belphegor. <laughs> Derek Derek loves Belphegor, and like I love yeah. I love the first album, and I like bondage and whatever the first one is from 97 and like the first black metal one they did but uh i'll start at the beginning but yeah just i got into i got into music in general just young as a kid 
when I was about nine or 10, I moved, I moved out of San Diego to near where Derek lives. We used to live like 20 miles away from each other. And a neighbor kid showed me Metallica and he let me borrow the black album. After I borrowed it, I went and bought it at like Best Buy or something. I was like nine years old. Then he gave me Countdown to Extinction and Megadeth. So I just got hooked on like just thrash. And then obviously it's like early 2000s. So I heard System of a Down and like Linkin Park, you know, all the, all the bands that kids, people like Derek and my age are too afraid to admit that they liked or that they ever listened to. I don't have any shame. That's what I grew up on. That's how I got into heavy music, you yeah. know? And, and I think I talked to you a little about this in DMs before Schiller, but like my friend, he'd already been getting me into like Slayer, Metallica, Pantera, like all the, you know, the gateway bands, which I still love to this day. He got me into like, like metalcore, like Azalea Dying and Zayo. And when I got guitar magazines, because I started playing guitar when I was like 12, I was reading all the interviews and Kill Switch Engage dudes. They were like, oh, I like In Flames. Oh, I like In Tunes. I, 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 listen, I see Black Dolly Murder interviews. They're like, oh, I like At The Gates. So I started listening to those bands. And as I got the internet, I started looking at those bands and seeing what they came from and what they listened to. And I, that's how I found Old School Death Notes. I found like Morbid Angel. Um, stuff like listening to like serious satellite radio, like on the TV on Dish Network in like 2005, because I didn't have the internet. My parents were strict. They wouldn't let me go on the computer as a password. So I go to the TV at like 11 p.m. And they used to do this thing on like Sirius XM radio called like the Black Rights Hour. It was like the Black Rights Hour with like bells and stuff. And it's like, it's, I felt evil and infernal. And then I hear like Sepultura, Bestial Devastation and stuff like that, Sarcophago like screeches from the silence and stuff like and i'm like 14 13 14 years old at this point that's how it blew up essentially in high school freshman that's when i really blew up into like death metal and everything and you know it's been like a good when i graduated high school like 10 years ago now so been involved in metal for a good 15 years now my life pretty much so you know i think derek and i are still young you know i'm 20 i'll be 27 derek's 26 so you know that's what we grew up on and everything and when we met we just kind of like shoot bands off each other like Derek really liked Benediction and I already loved Entombed and everything so when we created Boethia I don't know what happened because I think I didn't we, didn't we didn't have any songs written or at least I didn't have any songs written on my end yet and Derek had old Boethia and I was like I was like dude I don't just want to record old Boethia songs I want to like bring in some stuff I did he's like okay well I really want to redo this song I was like, okay, what if we make it sound different? And I was obsessed with it too, like I always have been. So I was like, yo, what if we just, what if we just use an HM2? Like, what if we just make it like just distorted as hell and nasty and like gross and like grotesque and everything? Derek's like, yeah, Derek had an original HM2 anyway. So that's how the Boethia thing started. It was just us worshiping Swedish death metal and everything. And, you know, Derek really likes like Immolation. Derek loves Immolation, and I love Morbid Angel. Derek and Derek doesn't really listen to Morbid Angel as much as I do. I'd say, but just like we we just beat each other things. He'll go listen to a band like Derek was a he still is. He's obsessed with Disma. You know, and I, I love Disma too. Like Derek, like we describe things to each other in like stupid ways. Like 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 for D beats and stuff. Derek's like, dude, dude. There's like this tukey tukey part in Disma. In that Dismas song, it's just like fucking big fat toms and like just like like sewer fart 
like what do we what do we call it like chainsaw fart base like when we yeah. just bed <laughs> yeah like, dude they got that chainsaw fart base i'm like yeah dude you need to have a chainsaw fart base yep. <laughs> yeah. sounds like shit when i listen back to it but just things like that you hear sounds sometimes it's not even the genre music it's like the sound it's the sound the sound of the snare drum yeah, and I was like, Derek, we need that stupid bonk bonk drum. Like, we're talking about like pyrexia and stuff, and like cyanide. Like, sometimes, like when we used to, like when we we're in the navy, we used to drink a little more heavier. Derek would like send me like cyanide, like the the dying truth album. He's like, dude, that that snare, we need that. You know, just like stupid <laughs> stuff like that. Just like, just like get fixated on a certain sound or like yeah. the 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 change in the song, just like. I'm like, yo, listen to to zero zero thirty seven on this like, yeah. on YouTube, you know, and like this open it one up. One section, like, we need those toms. We need that tom sound. We need this. Like this sounds cool. I've never heard that. What tuning are they in? Just like shit, like that. Just like you know, like that's just that's the exciting, yeah, the exciting shit about this kind of music. And I, I think that you, you know, across genres, we've got different people who experience it in different ways, but yeah start when elements of certain bands or elements of certain genres really start to jump out at you as, as things that you realize that you like you know and especially after they maybe turn you off or scare you at first like i for me it was uh the kick drum sound on far beyond driven i remember hell yeah I remember hearing that and being like, it sounds like we had at my, at my house at that time, we had a leather couch. And I remember like hitting that couch with the (laughs) control. Sounds exactly like this. It's fucking bizarre, man. And then like at first, you know, sort of feeling how it was, it was really weird, but then deciding that it sounded really good to me, you know? Yeah. And being curious about how to run down all those details. Like how do we replicate this? Uh, How can we make it part of our sound and sort of make it feel like an organic part of our sound and not just so people are saying, oh yeah, that's the fucking drums from Pantera. And I think yeah. it's really cool because the way that you guys um, and, and most musicians in this genre anyway, sort of process their influences and end up coming out with something new on the other side uh, that might be totally unrecognizable from, from the influences that are pulling from it. For instance, you told me that mm-hmm. uh, you get a lot of, with Boethia, a lot of influence from Fear Factory. Um, oh yeah, I love Fear and- Factory. Dude, I fucking love Fear Factory. I'll talk oh, about Fear Factory. <laughs> we could have a whole fucking like show just about that. Um, but I, I thought it was cool that you mentioned that that, that was a big influence on you because guitar wise, I was thinking, man, I could, like if I'm looking for it, I can hear it. But when I hear this right off the bat for the first time, Fear Factory is not what pops into my head. And oh, I think no. right. I love the way I love the way that we process our influences and sort of bring bring in one thing and then you know it comes out as something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. And just just different things in general, even even from like other music and stuff too. Like like Derek and I, we like we both like a lot of like crust punk and stuff like that. Yeah. Growing up where we grew up, like there's the LA crust kids that would come out to all the shows, listening to Discharge and Dishammer and all the diss dis fans and everything. <laughs> dis dis everything, drinking modellos and like just We'd go to shows, you know, just with punk kids, and they're listening to Amoebics and all the, all just like black and stuff, you know, like, like, just like, just there was such a vibrant scene in California that wasn't just pizza thrash. That's yeah. like, you know, it's a whole separate world. And I, admittedly, Derek and I love that. So I still love a lot of that, that stuff. There's a lot of shit that sounds terrible looking back 
and a lot of stuff I couldn't stand even then, but there was so much music going on at that time and being involved in the DIY world just is, we, you know, it just transcends worlds. Like just doing everything for yourself is a, it's a metal thing. It's a, it's a punk thing. It's a hardcore thing. And just like, just being involved in all those worlds and hanging out with everyone in school and after school and at Jack in the box while kids are doing crack in the bathroom and stuff. Just like, I don't know. You just you just, nuts, just encounter all sorts of stuff. Sweet, so yeah. the sweet memories of crack in the bathroom at Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Well, one of the uh, speak, speaking of influences and speaking of, like legendary bands, you know, sort of got you into it. Um, me and Zach were talking before you guys got on about specifically with your distro i was curious about how you guys ran down the rights to that desecrator record to repress that <laughs> oh man <laughs> that was that's that's, that's the first thing that i came across uh from desert wastelands and i i remember seeing the name and being like this is not there's no fucking way this is the same desecrator and i looked it up and i was like yeah it is uh, and that was just wild to me, you know, because it, it, it had been off my radar for so long that I, I didn't know that it was even out there anymore. So what yeah. was that process like? Uh, you want to you want to tell it, Derek? It was it was it was a pain yeah. in the ass. We yeah. Say. So I was let worried. me. Uh, oh, go ahead. The, keep going, man. I said I was worried that it was going to be a pain in the ass because I oh, yeah. I looked at <laughs> uh, doing shit like that too on my end. So. I um, mean, I was just interested from uh, just a business standpoint, like what goes down. With, with oh, yeah. Like that, you know? Yeah. So, um, so from what I can remember, uh, you know, it's a little fuzzy, but Sean and I were talking about, you know, hey, if we did a repress, um, that would really get our name out there. And we, we talked for days, like, can, would we even be able to do that? And then, you know, Sean worked his magic and would just start. I don't, I don't remember how he did it, but he was just looking through catalogs and who owned the rights to what. We essentially reached out to, um, forgive me for forget, uh, forgetting their name, but uh, <laughs> Sean, you want to chime in there? Oh, okay. So, so essentially what happened is Derek and I like, like, we fucking love that Desecrator record. It's just one of those obscure yeah. records, you know? And obviously, I've, like, never seen it in the flesh, like, in physical, because it's fucking rare. Yeah. And it'd just be, like, the album that I have to go to YouTube to listen to, you know? And just, I was listening to it, I was like, what the fuck, Derek? Why don't we just, let's, re let's release this. And he's like, how? I was like, I'm, I'm a, I don't know. Let's figure it out, you know? So yeah. it went on, like, Discogs, and I was like, okay. There was a really there was a repress by this Chilean metal label. Their name is ah, I'm trying to think of the name of I the can't remember. Caco Caco Demon Records, I believe. No, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't Caco Demon. I can't remember. It's a Chilean label. He's we follow him on Instagram. Nice guy. I've talked to him. Does really good stuff. He has like a legit actual brick and mortar store and and I think he's in no he's in Chile. Anyways, he released a CD version of it. And when I was on Discogs, I noticed that there had never been a tape version of the album. It only come out on vinyl, the CD repress, and then a repress on vinyl. And it was through this label called Mosh Tunage. There it was a go. subdivision of a label called Boss Tunage, which is based out of the UK. So they had bought the rights from the original label, which was like SK, SKT Records or something. They released like Lawnmower Death and a few other weird, obscure thrash titles and stuff like that. 
and they had Desecrator. I was like the only death metal band they had. Everything else was like Lawnmower Death and other like crossover, you know, which I love. Derek and I love DRI and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. So contacted Boss Tunage and run by this um, British bloke who is kind of, I can't, I, I don't like ever saying bad things, but he's kind of a pain in the ass to work with. But um, we agreed to a licensing fee, which which we happily paid because we thought it was a good deal. Looking back, we realized that we kind of got like, you know, like like our pockets turned inside out, you know. And then we pressed the tapes and we tried so hard to, he was like, yes, I'll tell the, uh, the bands in on it, which they were. They were definitely in on and everything. But they refused, basically the band refused to like talk to us. Uh, they didn't want anything to do with it. They just wanted the right. money and just... They never wanted us to bring it up. They didn't want to do any liner notes. They didn't want to do it for any of the represses. And essentially, like they kind of turned into like a pop, a pop punk. Dead, like they, they turned, punk. In, yeah, they turned into like an offspring warship band. Which I like the offspring. I'm not gonna talk crap on the offspring. They just they changed their their sound. They turned into a punk band. And I I, I kind of ashamed to admit that these guys were ashamed of this album. Maybe is what I got, and they didn't want anything to do with it. So. I was, we were really sad and off put from ever wanting to do another repress. So I had told Derek, I said, if we ever do another repress, I'm not doing it unless the band is guaranteed to want to do liner notes. Right. They want to be in on it. They, they, I don't want any of this. Yes, we agree to it because of the money like that. It just, I felt, we felt shorted. We felt like cheaped, you know, like we had good intentions and I just felt like, you know, it, it didn't, didn't go as planned. The tapes came out cool. Yeah, the Derek tape. and I had a lot of fun, you know, doing it, and they sounded great. I think one of the best sounding tapes we got that was our biggest press that we ever did at the time was 200 tapes, you know. So, you know, we had to scrounge up money like out of pocket and stuff to pay for the the pressing, to pay for the licensing fees and everything. And you know, we had to sell that tape a little more expensive than our other ones just because of how much it cost us. But I will say that Derek and I recently we've been in talks with century media and metal blade about some things we're still working on it and uh, you'll see you'll see soon um and they're, they're they're very professional and i got into contact with them through mike who runs transcending records they're the label that put out um the gourmet lp and everything and he just gave me a lot of contacts that i you know emailed back and forth and gave us an idea of what we could do so there's a, there's a lot. It's it's not as bad as you think. It just it costs some money, you know. That's it's, it's just money. It comes down to money, and I just don't want to do anything else unless the band wants yeah. is in on it. They're like, yes, let's do it. We want to talk to you, you know, which is great. Like with, with Temple of Void, I I had started just I tagged them in something. We started talking, and then they're like, would you want to release us? I'm like, yes. Like it wasn't even a question, you know. <laughs> Like yes, let's let's do it, you know. And it was really cool. They're nice guys. Uh, Brent's a really nice guy. He's the one I talk to the most, and just really good guy. And Temple Void rules. They're friends with our our Detroit friends, Jay Jay Clifton and Jesse Wright of Grave Rape and Humanities. And they're all those guys all go back. Yeah, the Grave Rape guys, the Temple of Void guys, Black Dahlia Murder, all those Michigan bands. Like they're all like they all know each other essentially, you know. So it's pretty cool they have that history and just I like that. I like knowing that we're working with our friends' friends and yeah. you know our friends recommended that they work with us because we're their friends and you know it's cool. I like that. It's close together and we talk like all the time. So it's it's cool. And I'm I'm a fan of the band. I have I have been since I heard them. So 
it's cool. It's like a dream come true to be able to work with a band you really like, you know? Well, without, uh, without ruining any surprises, if you could hypothetically run down and re-release an obscure record that you feel like needs to get more eyes on it, what would it be? What do you think, Derek? There's a lot. Baphomet. Um, <laughs> I see. Oh like, yeah, yeah. The dead the shall inherit. How can so? What would stop you from trying it? Um, Money. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the things that I think is interesting about this is it's not just about the money, but also about like the fucking detective work that you guys had to do to oh, run right. that, or to find this stuff. I think that's pretty cool. For for Baphomet, it's it's tough. There's a I think there's a reason it hasn't been reissued and everything and. We just haven't I, I, pried into just, it too much. We haven't pried into it. I will say that I do have a friend who told me he attempted to to do it, and it just fell through for whatever reason. Like he tried to do it through the band, and the band just just didn't happen. Um, I'd love to do like something like Cenotaph, the gloomy reflections of our hidden sorrows. I'd love to do something like that. Uh, what else? There's a lot. Anything from Blackmark. Oh, I'd love to do Edge of Sanity. Um, believe me, I've I've asked one of our friends. He's he talks back and forth with Dan Swano, yeah. and essentially Dan Swano told him that it can't happen because the the label like basically owns it and like won't do it. You know, we tried. Like I I looked into it and yeah. I have talked to Dan Swano before. I, I asked him some stupid like like Punisher question, like what microphone did you use on John's amp on dissection the Somberland or something? And he actually told me. You know, that's how cool he is. He told, he replied and told me what he actually knew what it was, awesome. you know? And then and I was going to be like, by the way, will you let us release this? And I was like, nah, I shouldn't ask because I already know what the answer is, you know? That's so, how I always, I always worry that's how I'm going to come off. Yeah. Like, with the Punisher shit, because like I, I'm the dude who will be like, I've been thinking about this one aspect of this record for the last like 12 years. And I'm gonna, <laughs> Tell me more this, dude's about like, this dude's gonna think you're like obsessive like that dude in pie that move that weird black and white movie <laughs> like why why are you obsessed a bunch of diagrams of shit on my yeah. wall <laughs> like well what were we talking about the i remember we you and i were talking about like a specific stupid sound oh the the, the lord worm freaking horse <laughs> noise on memories oh yes memories of blood just the yeah, I can't do, so I can't do the fucking Lord Worm, like, pig horse thing, but, like, the Lord Worm, uh, like, <laughs> underwhelming performance from Once Was Not, where, like, oh. he's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, at the, end of, at the end of it, there's just this, ah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, nasally like, thought. I'm like, Lord Worm. We need to be eating more fucking worms so that we can get the girdles back. We need to shoot. I think he's following us all, and he did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> he just stopped caring. Yeah, I think was, we're dumb, and he's smart, and he just knows what he's doing, for sure. He was like Rick to, he was like Rick to life. He'd get like, just like something stupid. Like, oh, man. Well, because the entire time Mike DeSalvo was in the band, Cryptopsy actually had Lord Worm in their basement. And he was like this fucking crypt that they pulled him out of when it came time to get him back in there. But Mike's actually been on the show with Zach before. So he says he's a cool fucking guy. And his, uh, his new 
uh, thing that he's doing at Curion. I've actually been listening to that a lot this past week on Redefining Darkness. That shit fucking rules. It's on Redefining Darkness, you said? Yeah. They're cool. Like, those guys do a lot of stuff, and yeah. they're, work, they're working on some stuff behind the scenes that we've been involved. I won't say anything else, because I don't, I don't know what the news is. So much, it's so it's much cool. Exciting shit, you know? man. God, yeah, you guys have to come on later once all this is revealed, man. I'm so... Oh, <laughs> I'm so stoked for you, though. Like, I, oh, I love, I love you, hearing that you're you're picking up all the steam. It's it's rightfully deserved. I like seeing it go to the right place. Thank so, you, man. Thank you. We appreciate that. One day you will release that Edge of Sanity shit. One Dude, I, I'll try, we'll try. I want to do it so bad. I even release Dan Swano's solo album, which I listened to like the other day. What is it, Nightingale? Holy crap! This shit rules. Like. And like this is just Edge of Sanity, just just Edge of Swano. It's just Dan Swano alone. Like, is that you know? that have the fucking the Sisters of Mercy cover on it? Is that the one that's got? I like, think like the the album cover is like an eye. It's just an eye. It's a close up of Dan Swano's eye. I would have to check and make sure. Like, man, I don't yeah. think a lot of people know that that dude's a fucking renaissance man. Like, he, that dude's a genius. Yeah, a lot of people only know him from like death metal, but then that dude is all over the spectrum. Yeah, the same thing. I mean, I love dance. I love hypocrisy. I love. I can't even pronounce his like Peter Todtrin. Peter Todtrin. Yeah. However, that. Yeah, Peter, is it is it Todtrin or Todtrin? I don't know. Tog, whatever Todtrin. Whatever Pete Pete Holy yeah, Pete from hypocrisy. I love. I love hypocrisy, you know. I love al- I love alien hypocrisy. People talk crap on mellow death hypocrisy. I'm like, why? Like, shit rules, man. Like, so he's also, I'd say, he's like the other Dan Swana and like their friends. So it's cool. Yeah. Like, they both, they're both producers. They're both multi instrumentalists. They both do vocals. They both are in like 20 bands. Like, it's awesome. I just love that shit, you know. Well, speaking of alien hypocrisy. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Let's get. I gotta, I gotta get the scoop on fucking on ancient aliens, man. I gotta know what's going on with. uh, Where do you guys stand on ancient (laughs) aliens? Uh, (laughs) On alien astronauts. Uh, One of the things that we've kind of with uh, when we had uh, Freddie from Casket Slime on here, we were talking about sort of the different places where. Uh, death metal ends up getting its inspiration and sometimes it's horror movies, sometimes it's true crime, um, but conspiracy theories are some of the places where I think oh, yeah. we mine the most interesting material. Uh, whether it's more on the sci-fi side or whether it's more political, it really just kind of depends from one person to the next. So like, wh- are there any conspiracy theories that you guys believe to be true? And it can be about aliens if you want it to be or it can be about something else. Like, I think it's interesting right now. Um, I mean, I'll let Derek, Derek, uh, Derek, Derek's pretty, pretty good on it. <laughs> uh, about uh, actual theories, I, uh, conspiracy theories, I believe, or joke ones that I like to spout uh, about. <laughs> Are you cool with one and one? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, one and one. I like uh, ancient aliens, uh, you know, the Anunnaki coming 432,000 years ago. You know, there's so much stuff on it, tablets, Sumerian, yeah. all that stuff really gets to me and then uh i'm i'm you know i read so much into that i i like believing that um a conspiracy theory graham hancock obviously yes 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 i have yeah that that's what you're talking about with the like anunnaki yes yes for for my listeners that wouldn't know too much about that yeah but that is fascinating do you right 
fingerprints. Yes, dude. Fingerprints. Yes, fingerprints of the gods. Uh, magicians of the gods. <laughs> as well. Yeah, that's real shit. Do you believe the Antarctica thing? The the whole map thing. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I I I want to believe it, and I want to I want to think that there's more to it because there's like all sorts of debate on it. But just from what I was reading, people countering and stuff. Yeah. I, I still think there's something I think there's something more to it and obviously I, I don't have the research I can't do the research I'm, I'm a smooth brain you know but I like <laughs> to think there's something there and I'd say the, the biggest thing that Derek and I like definitely agree on is that human civilization is a lot older than what we think I don't think that human right. civilization only started in Samaria I think that there is intelligent human beings that roam this planet long before that and there's some archaeological records that show and obviously you know read the homie graham hancock as much as he's ridiculed and talked shit on everything yeah especially gobeki tepe and then the stuff that that one dude in canada found that like they shit on him for they're like oh you're a fraud and now they actually they're starting to think that he was right it was um they found some like ruins up in canada up under like some ice under some glaciers and they're like wow these are actually like freaking like 500,000 years old like they're old you know right so stuff like that you know and the uh the younger dryas like the uh yes mountains there there's like pretty much irrefutable like geographical evidence that you know we existed far longer than what we oh yeah for and i think just that opens up a huge amount of possibilities to what human beings were capable of and obviously running the page Derek and I will, will meme, and you could tell when we're memeing. I'm like, yes, you know, like, yeah. like the lizard thing and stuff like that. I like to joke <laughs> yeah. about it, although I'm kind of with what's going on, like, you yeah, know. Yeah, me too. But I'm just cool. like, you know, I'm just like, man, I hate to believe that this, that that, that would be real. I don't think so, but, you know, there's a, there a picture. I, I sent it to Derek. I don't know if you, like. We'll go on it. I'll go on it. I used to go on it a lot back in the day to like look at stupid memes on like 4chan and stuff. I'd go on like the, the paranormal section and stuff, you know, just to read people's spooky, creepy pastas and stuff like that. Okay. But there was this, there is this like picture of an alien that someone posted. And as soon as it happened, it got like, it got deleted and the whole site like shut down. And anytime somebody would post it, it'd get deleted. So I actually found the actual picture and I downloaded it. Right after I downloaded it, the whole post was gone and everything i was like maybe it's a troll but i sent it to derek and derek remembers it it is kind of creepy Mm. you know so just i don't know like there's i definitely intelligent beings that visit this this planet for sure and um whether i i don't think they built the pyramids personally i think that smart humans that had technology which may or may have not been granted to them by by higher beings you know it was definitely humans that did it I think, and they had some help. Everything's older than we think it is. History's longer. That's that's essentially what it comes down to, you know. The 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 thing the things that's interesting about sort of conspiracy theories and and the rhetoric behind it, you know, because of my job, which I unfortunately can't turn off at this point, um, is just sort of the uh, the possibilities that if we take these things for truth, allows us to maybe get to beyond that right if i say yeah. okay i take as true 
that human civilization is half a million years older than we currently believe that it is or whatever. What possibilities does that open up for me as far as the understanding of the world that we have now? Um, and yeah. that, I think that that's, I think that that's interesting. The specifics of it, I think are a lot of fun. And like you said, oh, you know, yeah. the memes, the memes of that shit like that. The memes are top tier. Like <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me, but uh, so much material. Yeah. Hey, wait, Derek. What's the crazy shit you uh, you you like to sprout out to fuck with people? I hijack oh. your moments. Oh. oh no, it's all good. I'm pretty sure Sean knows what I'm gonna say, but um, you guys ever think JFK's head just did that? And no one shot him. Yeah. <laughs> they might as well. <laughs> they might President as well. Was complaining of a headache. Yep. It just it just did that, guys. You ever seen scanners before? That was a it was scanner attack is what it was. Yeah. He was just like What know, about just... Bigfoot being just blurry? That's why like <laughs> blurry, that's a clear picture he is. I got the rest of my night plan now. That's what I'm gonna be looking at. <laughs> okay, check that out. I never I, you know what I never even thought about that. I'll this follow up on that with the I next never week. even thought about chainsaw <laughs> fart base, so you got me there too. So we, we switched intellects. Fart man, the, the, the fart base has like a heavy presence <laughs> in the history of death metal. Like Oh yeah. No, I didn't never put chainsaw fart base together. No. I'm really surprised yeah, I never no, did. chainsaw fart has definitely been added. That's like yeah. 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 I'm gonna take that away forever. So <laughs> cool. Some of the, fucking, the cynic fart base. Uh, from focus. Oh man, <laughs> no. Oh, that's that's different. That's like that's like like it's like little like little queefs. Like just yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I fucking I love I fucking love that album and I love oh, yeah. I try to talk Derek into like doing five stream bass. He's like fuck no man. I'm like all right yeah cool don't don't worry about it. I got it, won't, it won't work right there. Yeah, he he, he plays <laughs> a five stream, but it's not fretless though. So, yeah. Know? That's the so, that's, that's where the farting comes from. Like yeah. that. obscura, obscura bass is particularly farty. Um, oh yeah, yeah. On the, on the the later stuff, especially like that colored sands and whatever the other long ass song album oh, they Gorda. did. The sh- Gorda, yeah, yeah. Pleiades dust. Oh man, oh I don't, man. Why did I, I? Yeah, I don't know. I, you said you said obscura, and I was thinking Gorguts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Gorguts on the brain right now. Yeah. You're not the only one. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of Gorguts the last couple of weeks. I'm not really sure why. I think we talked about that last week, didn't we, Zach? I don't know why I got like a hair up my ass to start di- diving into Gorguts again, but I did. It's not a bad hair to have. No. I love everything about Gorguts. I was at my friend, friend JP's right house back, the other day, and um, it's funny. He's like, look at this package I got. And he pulled it out. It's a Polaroid of like, Luke LeMay and then Polaroid of like Gorguts from the demo days, like just playing at some bar, like in 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 Quebec, you know. And he had the original demo tape and some pictures and a handwritten letter from Luke LeMay and stuff. And it was really cool that he he pulled this out. He got it from some dude, and he used to, my friend used to be a pen pal of like pen pal back and forth with Luke LeMay. So it's really cool, you know, to to see that they're doing that and everything. It's like a scene artifact. Yeah, it, it definitely is. He he posted on his page, you know. Um, shout out to to my guy, Death Death underscore P- Compendium. You guys might follow oh, him. Yeah, he's got an insane. He's got an. Yeah, just every time every time I go over, he's always got something new. I'm just like, Jesus, dude, he's got an insane collection. 
yeah. and there's dudes that like have even more insane collections i'm like how man like it's crazy like mine has grown considerably over the past few years you know but just these guys got insane stuff man man i just like the collection of relics of death you know <laughs> it's a special thing there were uh are you a horror movie fan Oh, of course, man. Yeah, so like that collector, horror movie, nerd mindset and death metal just go together so well. That oh, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing just totally appeals to us. Yeah, yeah just packaging and like how it looks and making it look old and yeah. Right, so like the aesthetic you guys have just totally nails that for me. And I think for fans like us, you know, so that's... uh. What, how much goes into that, like, on your end or anything? You, what's the marketing and, like, designing, like, process like for you guys? Uh, so, in the beginning, I, like, I basically had to teach myself how to do graphic design. Derek had Photoshop, and he, I, he messed around on GIMP a lot. And I was using GIMP. That's how I learned. And in the beginning, Derek was pretty much doing the layouts and stuff. Then finally towards the Boethia days, like I would, I'd started learning how to, you know, make flyers, how to just do basic stuff that I don't even think about doing. You know, I just do like on impulse now on instinct, you know, just how to teach myself how to do everything from the ground up, how to actually work the program essentially. Yeah. Finally, by the time we started Desert Wastelands, we had already been making stuff for Boethia. So I'd already knew how to do that. Then I got Photoshop and then Derek would send me the, the layouts that he made, like he did Charnel Alter, he did the Boethia tape, he did the Boethia CD, and we just kind of just like, like learn. I learned from him basically, and then Derek got super busy because he got stationed over, who's over in Guam, so I was doing most of the communicating with bands, and I don't want to make the bands wait like 18 hours for per reply, like, hey, do you like the way this font looks and stuff, you know? Yeah. So I started taking over more, and then through there, I just started getting better at it, and I, with Photoshop, it made it easier and just, you know, you have an idea of how to, how to do stuff, how you want it to look. And I just, I look at other things, like just straight up, just look at other layouts. All right, I like how this looks and like a big like inspiration for me, how to like learn how to do stuff in the way that it looked good was, was Maggot Stomp, you know? Sure. Could always, could always been following, you know? And like, I freaking known a Maggot Stomp since the day they made pins, you know, like that's how I knew of them, you know? And that's actually how I started talking to Scott and Larry was I bought a bunch of stuff from them wholesale, you know, for, for the district kind of went off on a tangent there, but, <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Totally. but, um, anyways, I bought a bunch of stuff from him and I asked him like, how do you do this stuff? He's like, Oh, I, uh, he's, he's actually a like professional graphic designer. And I was like, dude, like if this dude does everything, like, Derek and I can do everything. I like that. Like we, like we did Boethia ourselves. We can do all the graphic design ourselves. They're still watching YouTube, how to do everything, how to make everything, just presentation, just looking at other layouts and everything, like kind of like copying them, you know, for like, just like to get inspired, you know, and just eventually obviously like making memes and stupid stuff. Like, like I didn't have to like ask Derek anymore. Hey Derek, can you put my face on George W. Bush? Thank you. You know, like I could just do it myself now, you know, just making me essentially to make memes, you know, <laughs> like yeah, I, I do that still. I send Shuler stuff sometimes and my buddy that I have work graphics. I'm like, uh, can you make like the obituary logo say death comes lifting? Like that's like basically. Yeah. What, yeah. I still, I still am learning. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm noticing, I'm noticing what you're doing and I'm taking inspiration from it for sure. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. So I practice. Yeah. Just like stuff like that. Like just learning from other dudes, seeing what they're doing, like how they're doing stuff, like watching tutorial videos and just like, I just go on like online and just like find like PDFs of things people made and just teach myself. And also like, I wasn't totally new to it because when I was in high school, I took a graphic design course and I learned how to use Photoshop, but it was like old Photoshop. It was like, like windows 98 looking photoshop then you know so it was like it's totally different now so i was like okay well i have to relearn everything now but i remembered some basic stuff how to remove backgrounds so i could put like Schuler's face on morpheus didn't i send that to you randomly one day yes. I did that on my ipad yeah, yeah it was great <laughs> i saw that picture of him like that was great he was just wearing the, the glasses and i was like it's morpheus so i just like cut out his head and put it on it and sent it to him you were you know, form is all you did yeah. <laughs> the, the Morpheus was waiting underneath all along. He just said. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just, that's just how I learned how to do it. Like Derek and I basically learned how to Photoshop and do graphic design through wanting to make stupid memes and edits of our friends. We had a friend that we used to troll all the time. And I mean, it kind of, it pissed him off eventually because we made so many like stupid memes of him like wearing tinfoil on his head it was, he didn't even do anything wrong we were just trolling him as a friend you know <laughs> right. that's another i don't even want to talk about it but anyways like <laughs> it was just out of it was like kind of like a friendly competition to see who could piss our friend off the most you know and just stuff like that you know we had all Der- a bunch of people in on it yeah it was just like group trolling and like just we've been doing that since high school so graphic design like okay if we actually want to like make this legit we can't do stupid stuff like we have to make our stuff look cool and just everything has to have a certain layout and i think when we when we got with maggot stomp like and we after i'd been talking to chris from encophonize like hey can i like try remastering your your demo you know that's like he's like yeah because he messaged me because i actually got a few of their original demo tapes through some through one of our friends um tony if he if he listens to this texas doomhammer he changes his instagram name like every day you know but he's a good guy he he messaged me out of nowhere he's like do you want to buy all this stuff that i have from my distro those encophonized tapes are in there when i put them up for sale chris from encophonized messaged me hey man how many of those did you get i said oh, i got like four or five they all sold out he's like man people have been asking us about that do you want to re do you want to reissue it and i was like well i'd be down and that's how we finally, like, officially were talking to Maggot Stomp. Yeah. So I asked them about it. I don't know what happens. Maggot Stomp kind of took it, like, the wrong way as we were just going to release this without them being in on it. And they're like, no, we're not doing that, blah, blah, blah. And then Scott later emailed you, apologized, like, hey, sorry if I came off that way. I didn't understand what was going on. And eventually, whatever, we put, like, whatever, I don't care. We put that behind our, you know, behind us really quick. And we started working on it and that's how it came about you know scott did the layout on that and everything we just put in our own money to do it and self-funded it and then i think the first big graphic design thing was we had that the desert way suns logo was drawn by this gal named danielle um she's still in high school or at least at least she was then i didn't we didn't notice at the time because I, I just found her art i didn't even, I didn't even know who it was and we paid her to do the logo. She's like, here's my mom's PayPal. I was like, what the heck? I was like, wait a minute. Is this girl in like, like, is this girl in like high school? Your mom? Whatever. Yeah. Like I had to PayPal her mom and like, she's like, thank you so much for doing this. My daughter, I'm so proud. You know, nice, That's so <laughs> nice lady, you know, you know? <laughs> I, I had, we had no idea. I was like, I was like, what the heck? This, 
this girl's like 16 and she like her drawings are like mark riddick status you yeah. know she did a great job she do, she does great art i saw that she did some art for a split so i'm glad that's cool like we i think we helped her get her name out there which right. i'm glad you know so so anyways when scott messages one day when he's doing tapes like do you guys have a smaller logo so like Derek's like yes and like one of us fucking sends a picture of the DWP, like, full logo, like, tiny. It's all, like, a blob. He's like, no, I need something that's going to go on the spine. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Derek, we need something. Oh, the acronym's DWP. Oh, that's three letters. That's too long. Derek, what if you just take the, f- the first D of Desert Wastelands and then the P of Productions and put them together? He put it together, and I thought that it looked so cool. I was like, fuck it, just make that a main logo. We use that on the spine of our tapes. And I messaged, we messaged Danielle. We're like, hey, we had to do this because we needed a smaller logo. I hope that, you know, you're okay with it because we we're not trying to deface your art. We used it as is. We just needed to smush it, basically. And she was cool with it, you know? She's like, no, it's your art, you know? So I'm, I'm glad that we were able to do that. And that was like the first real graphic design thing that Derek, I remember Derek doing. And I was like, okay, if Derek could take this logo and make it look cool, I could like manipulate stuff too. And yeah. That's how the graphic design thing just really got in and just us practicing stuff basically. So I love what you did to the uh upcoming fluids tape. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that was that all was a, Sean there. Oh, that dude. was a fun one to do. Yeah, that's just that's what I was talking about. That just spoke to my like inner horror nerd and it was like as soon as I saw it, I was like, Okay, I have to get this, it's not even a question. So <laughs> Yeah, like we were fluids and us, we were like bound to do something together because like you guys probably don't notice, but we were originally supposed to release exploitative practices on 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 tape. He we were we were gonna do it, but he he started talking to Maggot Stomp, Yon from Fluids, and he's like, guys, like I don't wanna I don't wanna like go back, but like Maggot Stomp offered to do. It. I was like, all right, go go with Maggot Stomp. They're bigger than us. Like I get it. Like, I'm not mad. We'll do something no in the future. Feelings. Yeah, and we we did eventually because we were booked anyways. I was like, if he can offer you to put out your tape starting this month and we can't do it for two months or three months do it i'm not gonna make you wait we don't know anyone we're we get it we're a band too and yeah we eventually worked worked together and it yeah we did the the fluids of death tape i'm trying to think how did that come about well one uh walter from fluids had had made that fluids of death thing and i was like that's fucking awesome i you know and you know you guys know everything about fluids how they're just gross they're they're gross they're they're vulgar like Derek oh, and I. We're are you arguably more vulgar than any of us put together here? You know we're all pretty vulgar, so yeah, yes. We'd always That's been sending each other like memes and nasty videos and e fucked videos and stupid shit like that. So when he sent me that, I was like, "That's really cool. Are you gonna use that for a shirt?" He's like, "Well, we're gonna do a tape," and he told me the grindfather was doing it, and I was like, "Okay." And then I messaged Derek. I was like, Derek let's do a let's do a u.s version of it you know i was like we can do an alternate layout so i messaged you he's like well he messaged me first he's like what if we did an alternate layout i'm just like yes you know spelled with the e's with the umalas and everything because we typed like idiots to each other like yes daddy pretty much is what i said he's like okay daddy let's do it you just that's how we talk to each other all the time so i worked on it i think i did the layout in like one night and sent it to him he's like yes daddy that's all i needed to hear so (laughs) and then we did it it looks tight, man. I'm looking forward to having it. Thank you. Our stuff, oh, wait till you see what we kind of added an extra thing to it for the for the last the last bit of tapes. We made a little extra. We, we couldn't leave 
I know some people wanted the tape still, so we made some made some made some extras. There's still some left, you know. Yeah. So as soon as they come in, we'll take care of it. It's gonna be pretty sick though. Yeah. Was, the shit shit came in for him right now. Like actually, like right before I got on here with you guys, and I came along with the new releases, which I know everyone's waiting for. I'm yeah. waiting on that motherfucker right there on the right. I know. On my right. <laughs> That, yeah. that pain giver tape is fucking fire, man. How Dude. did you guys find them, or did they find you? You know, you know, it's funny. You know who actually sent them our way? Maggot yeah. Snob. Nice. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Scott, Scott DM'd me. He's like, listen to these guys. I said, and I was like, okay. So I take it that you got a lot coming up. He's like, yeah, just listen to it. Like that. I knew that he wanted to release it, you know, and he just couldn't fit into the schedule because he – yeah. Doing like the the eighty seventh pressing of Sangry Superbog, you know. So <laughs> I'm like, all right, I get, I get, I get it, Scott. All right, I know you're busy. Well, we'll take this one off your hands. Thank you, Master. You know, <laughs> thank you, Lord, for bestowing us upon me these fucking one, super dank Texas riffs. You know, one last fucking <laughs> pressing of pornographic seizures on like nipple tan or some shit like that. Dude, yeah, they need to do like titty twister tan or something like that or. I, I, I can't wait to hear their new shit, man. I, uh, oh, I know. I got to see, they, they played in town the night that, that my school canceled the remainder of the year because, uh, because of the pandemic. And so I was yeah. like, all right, well, I, I don't have to be up early in the morning, but they played some of their shit from the new record, and it's fucking awesome, man. I enjoy it. No, I'm stoked to hear it, and they're fucking awesome. They're, the, the bass player, he, he's been buying stuff from us like since the beginning i forget his name i forget his name really nice really nice guy though he always writes his little thank you notes like in our in his orders and stuff he's like hills from saying we so like it's awesome you know that it's like, yeah. a small world that like we've been already been a fan so i was like damn i wish they would have submitted to us but you know <laughs> yeah it, it, it's cool man i love it sing band one last uh one last thing to turn to since this is the uh the lifts and rifts podcast uh tell us a little bit about your your power lifting regimen sean don't you do some aren't you fucking serious into that shit oh yeah um i don't know started (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i i've been i started lifting weights maybe when i was like 19 years old right after i Right after I um, got to Japan, when I was in when I was in Navy, I got stationed in Japan, and most people don't notice, but you know it's a good treat for people here. When I when I was in the Navy, I worked. I was a I was a hospital corpsman. I worked at the Naval Hospital in Okinawa, Japan, and I was working in labor and delivery, delivering babies. You know, so kind of a kind of a weird thing for me to start off doing in my life when I was 18, 19 years old. When I was working there, I had a I had a coworker. He was the one who taught me everything, like how to deliver babies and take care of stuff and like just do everything. He's the one who got me doing the nasty fluids level type shit, you know? <laughs> like yeah. he's the one who taught me. Anyways, he was he was in the lifting. He started getting he's he's like, if I'm teaching you how to do all this stuff, you gotta go to the gym with me. You know, I was like, okay. And like I didn't want to at first, but he started getting me going and I kept going and then after he left, I just kept going to the gym. And then eventually I started, I started like just lifting heavy. I started like five by five and like three by five and, you know, starting strength, all the beginner programs. Mm-hmm. And then I had like been super stressed out. I was gaining weight. So I went on keto. So that's how I 
always, that's why I'm always talking to you about keto and everything. So I did keto then. And then it just, the weightlifting continued after labor and delivery. I was in a Marine infantry unit, you know, attached to them. And, you know, you got to be in good shape and everything. So it was a lot of running and I still lifted heavy and everything. And when I got deployed, we we're on the ship and you can ask Derek. Derek spent a good chunk of, you know, his Navy career on, on the ship too for like a year. Or was it, you know, well, there's nothing to do on the ship, especially if you're a passenger on it, like essentially we were. So it's like, all you do is like go work out. So on the ship, I'd be on the ship out to sea. It's like cold. The waves are crashing and everything. The ship's turning. I'd be like deadlifting on the, the ship while it's turning like this and shit, you know, and just, it was cool. And like, I kept lifting and it, it was, it wasn't super serious because I wasn't training for anything then, but I did get a lot stronger yeah. and I got in really good shape from doing it. It wasn't until I had moved in with my roommates here in New Mexico that they're like, go to the gym with us. And I went to the gym with them and they're like, oh shit, you're strong. And I was like, I want to get stronger. And like, I was like really overweight because I was like, I was like depressed and stuff, you know, I had a lot of stuff going on in my life. I was really stressed and like, I, I just started living alone for some first time. So I was going through a bunch of stuff. So we started going to the gym together and eventually got to the point where like, I lost like 60 pounds maybe last year in the summer around this time of the year. And I, we started taking it seriously. And then towards the end of the summer, we're like, let's do a powerlifting competition. So we trained for that. Me and my two roommates, we all won first class, first place in each of our weight classes at the, at the New Mexico State Championship up in Albuquerque for the NASA Powerlifting Association, National Association of Strength Athletes. I think that's what it stands for, NASA, yeah. you know. Nice. And, yeah, so we, we, we all trained hard and we, we trained for it. That's essentially what we did. And, yeah, you know, that's, that's yep. how it came about. Just finally got serious about it. We could have a whole podcast of just that, dude. That's a, that's oh, a, yeah, I'm down. That's the gym's a, open here, by the way, so I'm happy, you know. That's awesome, we'll man. See. Where, where in uh, New Mexico are you? It's Las Cruces, New Mexico. It's about a 30-minute car drive from El Paso, Texas. It's border town. Oh, cool, dude. By, by, yeah. Oh, where they did the Manhattan Project? You know what? Yeah, that's, that's up. That's up north of us. That's where they blew up the atomic bomb. Yeah. Yeah. The Trinity site, that's in Alamogordo. Nice. It's, uh, oh, right Alamogordo. Yeah, yeah it's, right up, it's right up the road from me. So. Isn't that the uh, basis of the Hills Have Eyes remake up there? And that's why they like are a new baby. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's literally like what it is. Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why my, the brain wrinkles that I have are yeah, slowly smoothing out. <laughs> yeah, it's just mush, mush right now. You know, my brain's just free floating. Completely smooth. Yeah, completely smooth. <laughs> that, man. No, no ridges. <laughs> no, no ridges. Not even ruffles. What the head banging will do to you, man? You rattle your brain around enough, it starts to smooth yeah. that shit out. Ruffles have more ridges than both of our brains put together <laughs> at DWP. You know. What about That's you, what's going on? I've seen the barbell creeping behind you over there. Oh yeah, you know, uh, before I wanted to, yeah, before we started, I wanted to get in the zone for both you guys. So I was doing some curls. Um, awesome. And then, uh, I for, you guys said it fifty times. I I can't pronounce it. Um, I was doing that and listening to, I'll just say the album name, Pornographic Seizures, because I I cannot <laughs> pronounce fucking <laughs> name. <laughs> Sanguigio Bob love them so i was listening to them and lifting and just to get 
in the spirit of everything and uh, be a little more social. So it was just all part of a routine. So do you uh, do you mostly stick with death metal when you're lifting, or do you have other shit that you dabble in? Um, uh, I'd say uh, I don't know how many metalheads would feel about it. They'd probably call it a guilty pleasure, but I really love Alice in Chains. Dude, Alice in Chains fucking rules. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And <laughs> so that's mainly when I'm working out. Mainly I do cardio stuff. So. In the Navy, I was boxing on ship, and then when I came back, I was doing that for a bit in Guam. Slowly getting back into it. Recently, I bought a bike, so I've been cycling nice. just to get cardio built up so I can jump back into boxing. So mainly it's Alice in Chains when I'm working out. That's the, the main thing. But then uh, I dabble all over the place, death metal, other metals, um, some other stuff. But I like it. If it's lifting, man, I like slam. I like a lot of like oh. crisp fucking and like I, I like the shit that sometimes gets a rap overproduced, but I don't necessarily think so. Like that fucking that analepsy record, um, that necrotic war beast record, that uh, that ingutteralment set. It, it, what is it? Ingutteral cephalotripsy or whatever. Cephalotripsy. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. yeah like, the production is just, like, so fucking poppy and bassy and, like, shimmery. And that, that to me, like, it sort of contrasts with the heaviness of it in a way that's... Right. Like, I, I could see that. When I, I bench... Go, oh. go ahead. Oh, when I bench, uh, which isn't very often, but um, when I bench, I have to listen to... It's a slam band. It, they're newer. Uh, vampire Cunt. <laughs> I said I, I send the links to Sean all the time because uh and I was like, is, are you trolling me right now? Like the yeah. fuck <laughs> I don't know if you guys <laughs> it sounds Russian to me. The, no, they're they're out here in the US, I believe. Okay. I love it. You know, you see the artwork and it seems like it's a a parody of slam, but it's actually really good. You guys remember like early, early abominable putridity, like before they yes. had like Maddie Way on vocals when it was just like like when it was just like burps, like uh, well, that's all it was, and that was when they were doing like fucking what was it like nails and fucking. It was a lot more of the the brutal sort of typical slam stuff, and then you know Matty right. Way comes in and is like, no, yeah, we're going to space. And <laughs> change that album, guys. Change that rules. whole aesthetic. But I uh, love that album. That's like I think that that the anomaly. What is it? The anomalies of artificial origin or yeah. something like that. With the fucking like the the beast in the breaking out of the bat, I think that that's like one of the sickest fucking like brutal death slam records like yeah. ever. Like that it's was, that uh, good. That was the remake they did with uh, Maddie, right? Yeah. When they redid think, the album, yeah. That one was fucking sick. And then when I thought it was cool when when Fluids asked me to do that guitar solo after they after I heard the thing, I was like. I was like, is I was like, you have another vocalist on? He's like, yeah, it's Maddie Way. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> Holy shit! You know, I thought it was so. I thought it was like, I thought it was the coolest shit ever. Why didn't you tell me? That's fucking cool. That dude's you fucking know? royalty, man. Like, just yeah, pathology. I fucking love the records he did with Pathology, man. Yeah, fucking pathology, fucking rules. Oh, you know, the last um, I heard is tight. Yeah, I saw, I saw pathology. And who else did I fucking see? I saw one day I saw pathology, internal bleeding, 
uh, Dying Fetus, Cannibal Corpse, Cataclysm. Like, it was a, it was just, like, fucking, one like, a who's... Yeah, in one bill. Fuck you it. know what? It was actually at fucking OzFest. <laughs> what? It was, like, a... Yes. It was OzFest, <laughs> or not... It was not Fest. OzFest. I, they, like, combined it. Oh, like that those, Oz, the OzFest meets not Fest thing. It was, yeah. Like, it wasn't but like the, a traveling thing. It was like one festival, right? Yes, but like it was fucking an insane lineup, though. Like yeah, dude, the lineup was like prime. I saw Black Sabbath, their last U.S. show, right before yeah. that. Like I'm like fucking like slamming to Internal Bleeding, you know, Rest in Peace Bills, like right before that and everything too. So it was fucking awesome, dude. And uh, there's that, a picture of me and in the pit and everything with them. It was fun. I love. It was a good time. That uh, that that brings us to. Uh, where we typically where we typically close the show. We typically Zach, drop the ball. Yeah. Uh, so you guys feel feel free to fight over who answers this first. What <laughs> is your favorite Black Sabbath record? Oh man. It's hard, man. I'm I'm gonna say probably Master of Reality. I know, I know that's like the standard answer, but it, it no, is, hard. man. You'd be surprised. Standard answer for a reason, man. Because yeah. the record's fucking hot fire. But also, heaven and hell. Those are the two answers that I have also given up. <laughs> hell, that we are definitely related somewhere back down the line. Master, oh, no, we, hell, yeah. absolute <laughs> perfect records. Derek, go. All right, so um, with that being said, I... Please don't kick me off of the podcast, but um, oh, I don't know any Black Sabbath albums. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm a poser. I'm sorry. Let we me on next time. I'm up. sorry. We're going to have me, to put me in the loop. Listen to Sabotage. That's my favorite. Sabotage. That's my okay. Sabotage. Fucking well, sabotage is great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sean, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get him a list, man. We gotta, I, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be a poser anymore. Sean, you gotta rip me. <laughs> it's, it's funny because Derek, like Derek and I, we both like a lot of like doom and stuff. Like Derek fucking likes like what you like, like he likes like bomb ripper and shit, like like some yeah. bands like that and stuff. He fucking loves Acid Witch, and I fucking love Acid Witch too. And as you may know, you know Acid Witch shares a member with Temple of Temple of Void. You know those guys are all from Detroit and everything. So was, when I was telling Derek that, he's like, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about Acid Witch. So you might see us talk shit about, like, Doom on, on, the, on the DWP. It's, like, tongue-in-cheek. I'm like, don't yeah. send us your electric wizard fart riffs, you know? And, yeah. like, Derek's like, no, I don't want to listen to old man fart riffs. I'm like, whatever, man, it's okay, you know? But that said, I mean, you know, kind of kind of don't like some some fucking, like, Sabbath worship bands that are too prevalent. You know, I like a lot of that stuff, but some of them just like, oh, I'm sick I of this. Always, man. I always say that, man. I always, I'm like Black Sabbath's like our our favorite band of all time. Yeah, but I'm I, like that's I, all I need. Yeah, like I don't like <laughs> Doom. I, I don't like Doom Doom metal. Like I'm not like yeah. a wizard guy really. Like they're cool. Yeah. I get it and everything, but like yeah, just nothing's as good as Sabbath. So I just don't even exactly. Waste my time. And it's like I love I love like death. Like I fucking love like disembowelment and like death doom and stuff like that but yeah. I, I think there's a clear distinction between like doom metal like candle mass and stuff like that versus like stoner doom like like if it's just like weed riffs i'm like nah, weed dude, I, eater where you, <laughs> just, where you like, gotta be high to i'm just like it. i'm just, like we can't do that stuff i'm like oh 
I just don't want to listen to your weed band, dude. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm as nice as possible to the guys that send us that stuff. And I'm just like, I mean, do, do you guys know what we release, man? Like, do, do you, like I like, ah, man. But yeah, we're just kind of like actively like, uh, like if I want to listen to like straight doom, like some old stoners, like type shit. I'm not the not Sabbath is. I'll listen to Sabbath. Listen to Sabbath overall. I'll go back to Sabbath. I'm not going to listen to Pentagram, some trouble. Yeah, Pentagram, trouble, and stuff like that. All that shit rips. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not going to listen to. Yeah, but I'm not going to listen to Weed Cauldron, Blunt Bong, and shit like not nah, like Bong um, Toker. Yeah, Bong. T- I'm not going to listen to like Fat Four Twenty Toke, fucking Sun Ampris. I'm just. I know that's probably. I know a bunch of people that are going to listen to this later and be like, "Oh, what the fuck, man? You don't like do I don't. It's just how I feel, man. I'm just like, like what you like, man. You like what you like. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong yeah. with it. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's fucking, fucking awesome. It's peak sundowner hours here on the yeah. East Coast, boys. It was fucking great getting to talk to you. Great meeting you. Um, yeah, we're big awesome. fans. Big fans of your label. Big fans of your band. Can't wait to hear what comes up next. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having us on here. I'm I'm glad we could finally get on here, man. For but sure. I know I, for some reason I thought that it was supposed to be last Friday. I don't know what was happening. It was just a hell of a week yeah, for me. I man. ran home. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. We're, we totally appreciate you guys. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. I want you to on <laughs> again. So whenever you're always, available, we'll make it happen, dude. Conversation never ends. Yeah. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you, guys. Actually, yeah. man. And we, we, we would definitely love to come back. I had – the time of my life this past hour and a half <laughs> especially with, especially getting the stare into both of your beautiful eyes for the first time you know our social distancing metal day you know We're but, together yeah. <laughs> but apart. all right yes all right guys we'll care, up with you next time thank right. you guys thanks guys Absolutely. enjoy the rest all right night night man Boom. That was awesome. Good dudes. They're great. I feel like I've known them my entire life. Yeah, I know, right? It's always They're cool when you like uh I feel like we said the same shit last week. It's cool when you meet people whose shit you like and it turns out that they're like super cool too. Yeah. But they're also like and it makes sense because I knew I just just by interacting with them on social media, like I knew they were smart. You know what I mean? They're just like smart, articulate, like good fucking dudes. You know what I mean? I, I didn't I didn't know that either of them were in the Navy actually. So that's Yeah, neither did I. That's like makes a lot of sense, I guess. Yeah, it does. It does. It's cool to see that shared history and sort of see how two people have have grown through that experience and then come out of it making fucking death metal, which I think is pretty tight. Yeah, I could. That's what I mean. I think we should have him on and like talk about that again. I want to hear his stories about delivering babies in Japan and listening. Yeah, to I know, like, right? <laughs> like, I want. I want to know what's what? good. Yeah, I want. I want to dig into that, but you know, no pun intended. But you know, <laughs> we'll do that next time. That was. That was a ton of fun, dude. Thank you. Absolutely. As always. Yeah. Take care. Listen to Black Sabbath. Listen to Black Sabbath, and we will do it again very soon. All right, bro. Thank you. Peace out, man. Bye, buddy.